Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Bayou Broadcast. I'm your host, DJ Jackson, and it's just a Monday night, sitting here in bed, enjoying life. Got off a little bit early from work today, just sitting here, um, you know, and I was sitting here and I did something crazy I haven't done in ages. You know, my mind thought back to someone from high school. I'm like, man, when was the last time I talked to them? So I went back on Snapchat and I just scrolled all the way to the bottom, like as far back as you can go. And I started looking at it, going through person after person and just going through all these old Snapchats made me, it made me think, thinking to myself, like how many people in your life have come into it and you've seen them as just super important people? You look at it and you go, man, this person's one of my best friends. And now you can't even remember the last time you spoke to him. I was going through and just remembering different chapters of my life. And I was lucky enough to have the same best friends for eight, nine years in Utah. My buddies Tyson, Dawson, and then Durfee too, but not quite as long. I mean, we were thick as thieves for as long as I lived down there. But, you know, you have a lot of people come into your life and they seem important. But in in the grand scheme of things, the big picture, like they're really not even, uh, they're just like people in the background, you know. Whenever they go and cast, sorry, I just got a little pop-up from the Anchor app, threw me off. I'm like, dang, did I quit recording? Nope, it's just Anchor advertising themselves on my phone while I'm recording. You don't need to advertise to me, man. I'm already using your app right now, and you're making me not want to. But, <laughs> yeah, um, where was I? I just, oh, people in like the background of a movie. You're watching Indiana Jones. There's a hundred people in there that are just there to fill up the screen. NPCs and video games that have one line of text. You go up and talk to them, and they're like, Hey, wonderful weather we're having. And you're like, Yeah, it sure is. And that's it. That's all they're there for, you know? A lot of people that seem important at the time, you know, really just end up being that backdrop. That person who's there just as filler, just so it doesn't seem quite as empty. And, you know, I think you could see that as a sad thought, for sure. I think it's, but I think it's a good thing to focus on. I mean, think about how often, even more recently, people come in and out of your life. It happens pretty frequently, I gotta say. And, you know, sometimes it's a sad moment. But there were even girls I was infatuated with in ninth grade and it felt like the end of the world that I was in the friend zone (laughs) but now it seems like wait I texted that person because that's what a lot of these old snapchat stories were I was going not stories but just like conversations I scrolled down and I was like I snapchatted that person and it just got me like really really thinking I'm like oh yeah, I did for a little. And, you know, first off, I think that middle school and high school, everything just seems like the world right then. 
And I think once you get into college and your horizons broaden a little bit, you realize not everything is the world. And I think that just continues to expand as you get older. But sometimes it's a good thing to keep in mind, you know. I just was going through these Snapchats because mostly just super bored. I don't have anything to do. I'm starting to get lonely. Like, there's just no human connection. And I'm a really social guy. This whole COVID thing's got me kind of kind of down. And, I, you know, usually you feel that that void up with social media and I just go scroll Twitter and Instagram for hours and even though I'm a political person I just get so tired of going on social media and seeing nothing but politics that's just more worldly stuff I want a distraction from the world man I think uh I think that's kind of what I'm using this podcast for I just I think it I think it's fun. I think it's a good time. I really enjoy coming on here and talking. And even if nobody listened, here I am talking. It feels like I have a conversation with people. And the people who do listen let me know. And they let me know what they're thinking. Special shout out to one of my coaches. I won't name him just because I don't know if people really want to have their name associated with something that I'm doing. I might not always have views on here that he agrees with or something i want to throw his name in there or something but you know i told him i'd have a an elbows inside segment just for him and that'll be coming up you know but and even with that i think sometimes you can just tell important people and you know i've been so lucky and so blessed to go to a place for college that isn't too big but that has helped me broaden my horizon so much and I've matured so much as a person and I also have the opportunity to play college football and sometimes I take it for granted man sometimes you're getting up early for a 5 a.m lift and you're like dang dude why am I doing this like are you sure you like football and you know of course I enjoy playing football I have a fun time I have a good time um, but man, what is really special about it is the connections. I was going to have my, my best bud Durham on the podcast this week, but he's out of town, unfortunately. So he'll hopefully get to join us next week. But, you know, the connections I made from football, even though I'm not exactly the big dog on campus, has just been fantastic. I love so many people on that team, especially in our offensive line group. I just have so many of the best friends you could ever ask for in our offensive line group. And I think that's what's really valuable about football. And I think it's a great teaching thing. I think, man, everyone should get involved in some type of athletics, but football is probably best for bringing people together. We got dudes on from 39 different states on my team. And all different races, ethnicities, backgrounds, walks of life, you know, social statuses, you know, family income. Everyone's different. No one is the same on that team. But, man, I think that's part of what has broadened my horizon so much. I I see the world in a completely different way just because I have so many different friends who feel so many different ways about a ton of different topics, you know. I think um, it's just a, a real good time. 
with all those relationships, all those bonds. But what's especially special about where I go to school at is this is the first time I feel like I've really been close to a coaching staff. I mean, I've always been close to my coaches in the past, it seemed like. I like I, I don't know, I thought that my freshman and sophomore year head coach was kind of mean, but he was only doing it for my own good. He was a big yeller, and at the time I was like, man, why is this dude always yelling at me? But then I realized how invested he was in me, really, when senior year he was talking about how he's still watching my highlights, and he was just a good guy, you know. He really had a lot of faith in me. And then our my junior and senior year head coach, I really liked him. He was real strict, real tough, but I completely bought in. I was captain of the team. I was MVP of the team. I really bought in. Heck, I built the dude's back porch for him, okay? That's how invested I was in this dude. And he threw a bone my way a little bit in the recruiting process. He he tried helping me out a little bit, but not a whole lot. And I think it was just because he was always so focused on the future. He was always like, man, let's get this next class in. Because while I was someone important to him, my class didn't really have any success. So... You know, he wasn't hanging his hat on me, you know. And even now, I think the last time I talked to him was probably Christmas, where I texted him to have a Merry Christmas. So that's just one of those things. But right now, I feel like the coaches at my school are invested in me in football for sure. I mean, that's their job. They get paid for that. But they're investing in me as a human being. And that's what's special about my school. And I'll tell you what, you know, we got a guy on our team named Roop, Andrew Rupich, all American, just like 6'7, 320, absolute beast of a football player. Great football player, phenomenal, probably the best player on our team. A dude I really look up to, a lot of fun, one of my good friends, also a god on Call of Duty if you're looking for that third or fourth player on a war zone he carried me to a dub um but i think um yeah i i think it's special because i'm not what roop is in high school i was the roop on my team i was that guy you know i was a dude big man on campus i'm mr joe schmo over here you know i'm just another guy on the roster football wise and I, you know I don't that's not to say that I think I'm a bad football player I'm a good football player and I I work pretty hard and I I enjoy playing football I want to have success as a team and as a player but it means a lot that my coaches care about me and my fellow teammates despite the fact that I'm really not all that important of a guy when you think about it. I'm not all that important of a football player, but I'm just as important of a human being to them as anyone else is. And I think that's more important than all the touchdowns and pancakes you can get. And I love you some pancakes, man. Um, Heck, I'm doing keto diet right now. I, I even make some keto pancakes. I got them like a carb or two a piece. You can't beat that on a pancake, man. So I don't know how they're doing it. They probably got all sorts of chemicals in there. I'm probably eating 
you know, probably eating like cigarettes mashed up into pancake mix, and that's how they get. I don't know, man. I'm sure it ain't good for you. Somehow they're taking out all the carbs, all the sugar out of bread, and it still tastes good. And then I'm putting sugar-free maple syrup on it. Like, don't ask me how it works, but it works. I'm down 20 pounds-ish, a little bit more. Hopefully, even more than that come this Wednesday because I signed up for this Diet Bet app. My mom wanted to do it with me, and basically you're gambling on how much weight you can lose. Now, I think the goal it sets for you is like 4%, which is pretty light work. Like, come on. You got to be able to lose 4%, right? Otherwise, you're just lazy. You're unmotivated. But basically, if you lose 4%, you get your $35 back. Evidently, a lot of people must not lose their 4% because every bit you go past that, it like puts you down as a ranking based on percentage of your weight that you lost. Now, unfortunately, all these bozos who lost like five pounds but weigh 70, you know, all these like four foot eight women who weigh 90 pounds and lost five because they think they're obese. Yeah, they're probably still end up beating me despite the fact I've lost way more pounds. I just... It's just going to be still a kind of small percentage, I guess. But I passed my 4%, and so I get the 35 back and some change, man. Because, let me see. Man, I'm not trying to do no quick maths on the podcast, but I'll end up embarrassing myself. Like I probably started off at, like, I think 323. And I'm down to just under 300 now. So... I say twenty three pounds, man. That's a lot of math. I know I'm just whip out the calculator. I think it'll keep recording while I do that. Let me see. I'm gonna go twenty three divided by three twenty three. Yes, that is seven percent. So man, lose a little bit more, get down to ten percent. That that'd be all right with me. Oh yeah, I should have known that because thirty pounds is. 30% of 300 or 10% of 300 but yeah I'm I'm looking forward to that get to get a little bit of money hopefully and then also get to take a short little break because I was cheating on the weekends on a Saturday or a Sunday depending on what we had going on and now here I am because I had my weigh-in on a Wednesday it, I if I had cheated on Saturday or Sunday, I wouldn't have had very much time to set my body straight and get back going again. So, no cheat day this weekend. Just going hard all the way through. Just gonna power through that until not tomorrow, but the day after. Gonna go ahead and I'll go ahead and get myself some Mickey D's for breakfast on Wednesday. Man, I've been craving some pasta bad. I was thinking about Olive Garden for dinner, which I know is a little bit bougie, but, you know, I got to like that. If I win a whole lot of money for diet bet, I'll just go take that dough, spend it on a little noodle dough. Um, and, uh, man, it would be a good time. Enjoy me some pasta. But then my coworker was talking about pizza today, and I, man, so pizza will be good. And pizza is always good. But I feel like all too often when I cheat on my diet... I cheat with pizza. Not this time. I haven't had pizza in a little while, I don't think. Actually, I did in the very beginning. 
But pizza is one of those things that always sounds great until you're eating it. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. But is it great? No. At least that's how it it has been for me lately. And maybe it's just because I've had it so much. But can one really get tired of pizza? I mean, I didn't think it was possible. I'll tell you what, I ain't gotten tired of Popeye's. Definitely ain't gotten tired of Raising Cane's. You know, the classics. I don't know why I would get tired of pizza. But I probably had it more than more than most growing up. I was always eating pizza. Tyson, Dawson, they come over uh, probably twice a week and at least one time a week you're eating pizza. That's probably why I got a diet now. I'm out here having to lose weight. I put on in seventh grade eating a box a week, man. Whew. Get enough calories in one day to feed my body for the rest of the week. But yeah, I've been doing good on this diet. I've been staying pretty strict to it. And I'm real happy with the results. Um, and also, I just need to lose the weight for football. Because I couldn't go in as heavy as I was. Now I think I might try to get down... Because, like I said, I'm just about... I set an original goal for 290 for myself to end of this diet. And, you know, maybe a little bit unrealistic because it's only been a little over a month now. <sighs> Sorry, I'm a bit sleepy. It's only been a bit over a month. So you can't really expect to lose no 30 pounds. 33 pounds in a month. I mean, that would be insane. I, I would love it. We'll see how much I do end up losing by Wednesday. And I think I'll take me a day or two off. And honestly, I think I'm going to just get right back on it. I really want to, uh, man, 290 would be nice. I'm thinking 280 would be just fantastic. And, of course, I know coaches ain't going to be happy if I show up to fall camp at 280. But I'll put the weight back on. I've got no problem putting weight on. Heck, you go ahead and just quarantine me. For another week or two and bring me raisin canes or just give me access to a raisin canes, I will put all the weight back on that you need, coach. Don't even worry about it. But yeah, I did tell coach I would have a an elbows inside segment of the podcast. And I think that's what we'll call the football segment. I was just talking about how grateful I am for our coaches. You know, it is it's amazing have the coaching staff that we do and I love the uh love the friends I made due to football and I I was really on that whole subject just because of you know snapchat going through and seeing people who don't really matter in your life and I think it's it's important to be grateful for the people you do have in your life but sometimes you've got to be willing to just let stuff go like if people leave your life it's meant to be that way a lot of the time anyways you know it's it's funny I left Utah you know somewhere that I mean I've, I've moved around a lot growing up I moved several times I, I think I moved from Louisiana to Florida when I was five or like four and a half something like that maybe five then I get to Florida, probably year, year and a half, we move to a different spot in Florida. Now, obviously, I'm making new friends every time I go here to a new place, and then you leave them. And I remember leaving one of my 
well, my best buddy at the time, leaving him, they had this little arcade restaurant. I remember this so vividly. I couldn't tell you the name of it. I'm sure my mom probably could. He was kind of a nerdy-looking guy, but, heck, I was just a chubby little kid who loved history, and we were best buds. You know, it's funny. This is how close we were, man. Um, we were sitting in the cafeteria one day, and I told him that I was a Christian a while back, and he asked me, you know, what does it mean to be a Christian? And so I'd been telling him about it. He goes, man, I want to be saved. And I told him, you know, all that it took to be saved. It's not a real complicated procedure. Most of y'all probably know what it means to be saved to give your life over to the lord and i let him through that but i was real young man probably eight my mom had taught me she gave me this whole little formula thing you know and it ain't really all that complex you know i think a lot of times just where your heart's at your where your heart's at and letting the lord know your desires um let him know that you accept him as your lord and savior and that's basically the gist of it but i let him through that then afterwards, he's like, well, what now? I'm like, well, you know, you're saved. You've given your life over to Jesus Christ. But, you know, baptism is usually the next step. And he goes, okay, well, can you baptize me? And so sure enough, I did. I took my bottle of water <laughs> and I filled the bottle cap up with water and I basically just dumped it over his head and called him baptized. I don't know if that's blasphemy or if God looked at that and was like, man, what a devoted little kid. You know, I think that's an awesome story. But we were close, man, as close as eight, nine-year-olds can be. And it would have been halfway through fourth grade. And, man, I was super close to my teacher at the time, too. Um, No, no, no. Man, was it third or fourth? It had to have been third. So I think I had Miss Dasher, but I was really smart. I mean, I'm still really smart. I'm just kind of an underachiever when it comes to academics. But I was hard in the paint back in elementary, man. I was all A's, man. B, never heard of it. Who, who's B? You never met her. You know, I I was going hard in the paint on my academics. And I remember I was always getting academic awards, man. I had Miss Dasher one time. She called me the Riddler. Because I was always asking good questions. She gave out, you know, these little homemade awards, random little names on everything. And she marked it down as my award was the Riddler. Because I was always just wanting to learn more and more about this or that. And, you know, I mean, that was cool. But she thought very highly of me. She still has my mom on Facebook. Still comments on stuff about me. Like... That's how much of an impact little eight-year-old DJ had. You know, it's funny. I've made a lot of impact on people I would have never thought I would have, you know. But that's how it is, man. These people that you were Snapchatting 10 years ago, you're seeing them and you're going, man, this person is so important to me. I must be so important to them. In two months, you'll never talk to them again. But little do you know, your teacher in first and third grade gets at her twice. He or she is still invested in my life now that I'm 19 and going to college. And I'm sure it's not a huge investment. But how much does it mean to see that this teacher who knew me as a kid cared that much about me? Like There are people who care about you. When people leave your life, it might seem like, they're, like people don't care about you. But that's not the case. 
you're just thinking about the wrong people, those backdrop people. That's who you're thinking about. You're not thinking about the right ones, the mustachers who are out there. Sorry, I probably shouldn't have given out a real name, but it's all praise. I doubt, you know, if you try hard enough to find Miss Dasher, I mean, it ain't too hard. Um, and, uh, good on you, I guess. I don't know what you're going to do with that information, but yeah, I mean, she threw me like a going away party and it might not have been her. It could have been fourth grade that I left. No, no, it was third. I'm remembering more correctly now. Third grade, halfway through, I left. And we had a little going away party, and it was just this whole big ordeal that I was leaving, you know. And I remember we went to this little arcade place, and me and my buddy, and I can't remember, can't remember what exactly his name was, but I remember him just balling being super upset that i was leaving and i was upset too i wasn't crying you know i'm i've been a big strong man since probably i don't know i was born early due to a c-section so i'd say probably about five months into the pregnancy i already had more testosterone than the average adult man like that that's just how i was how i'm built i can't help it so i actually haven't ever cried sometimes if i work out hard enough my eyes will start to sweat but i believe i don't have tear ducts <laughs> but <laughs> that's obviously jokes real men cry <laughs> but yeah i left and sure enough get to utah and new best friend this i was almost said his name i gotta get better about that i'm not gonna say his name but we were perfect for each other at the time, except for a few minor details. We both loved history. And we both loved Civil War history. And we were both from the South. Now, I'm not going to say anything to get me canceled. But you could probably get an idea which side we were more interested in. And he had all these Civil War toys and... We'd hang out, and we were just this perfect little duo for each other. Except for both of us were such know-it-alls, man. We were always butting heads. I remember spending the night at his house. It was my first real sleepover. And around 7 p.m., I was like, man, I do not want to be here. But finally, we went to bed, and I'm like, man, this wasn't so bad. But I woke up, and I'm like, dude, get me out of here, please. And finally, my mom came and picked me up. But, you know, we were good buddies. And then I moved schools. Didn't ever talk to him again. But finally, fifth grade rolls around. And here I go. Show up. And an odd story. The most important thing that probably in my life has ever happened. This tall, skinny... No, actually, wasn't tall at the time. This skinny, goofy, kind of big teeth-having, blonde-hair-having bozo walks over to me and slaps me in the face. Now, at the time, he kind of did that to everyone. He thought it was funny. He was a real prankster. And I got so mad... I started chasing around. I was real fat. I tried. I was real fat. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't help it. 
Um, started chasing him. There's no way I was catching him. I walked off heated. Now, we were friends before. But he comes over to me. He goes, hey, man, do you want to draw? Because he, he was, that's, that was his way of saying sorry. He said, hey, man, do you want to draw? And I said, sure. Now, neither me or him are artistic at all. I mean, horrible at art. Not good at all. And that's the story of how me and Tyson became lifelong friends. And sure, we both went our own separate paths now. And we don't talk as much as I would like. I don't know how he feels on the subject. Maybe he thinks we talk just enough. Maybe he don't want any more. But, I mean, he will always be my lifelong friend. And we spent eight years of friendship together. And, heck, I became friends with Dawson because Tyson and Dawson grew up best friends since kindergarten. And so sometimes I'd hang out with Tyson, and sometimes Tyson would hang out with Dawson. Well, one time Tyson couldn't hang out with me, so I texted Dawson, hey, man, would you want to come over and hang out? I think this was towards the beginning of sixth grade because we didn't really hang out at all during fifth, me and Dawson anyways. And we were still friends because he was such good friends with Tyson. But I asked him if he wanted to come over. And then... Sure enough, he's like, ah, I wish I could. I could. I would if I could. I'm sorry, I don't even know if that just made sense. But he said that he would have come over if he could have. And he, his mom said that he couldn't because he had something going on. Well, next time I hung out with Tyson, I invited Dawson over again because I knew how good of friends they were. And then sure enough, that was it. All she wrote. Me, Tyson, and Dawson became the three amigos. Just all of us were kind of a package deal. We all hung out together all the time. If you saw us walking around the halls, we were together. And in elementary school, we had kind of a bigger squad. Um, but then once middle school hit, the squad got smaller, but still kind of big. And then once high school hit, like that was basically it, except for Durfee. Like, we just had that gang of guys. We didn't have no big 10, 15-person squad. And we were all friends with the whole football team. We had a lot of friends. But the only best friends I needed at the time were those guys. So, um, you know, I've, I've been real spoiled in the relationships that I've had because I know a lot of people are always looking for that next best friend. Like, people come and go real often in a lot of people's lives. Most people don't find their best friends in fifth grade. And then, I mean, luckily for me, whenever I had to leave Utah this time, here I, I went. And sure, I've had people come in and out of my life even so far in school, people who have I thought were going to be influential to me, people I thought were going to be lifelong friends, you know, ended up maybe not being so much. So my roommate, my roommate transferred. I'm like, man, me and my roommate are pretty tight. You know, I figured if I didn't go move into my fraternity house, that he and I would just keep rooming together. But sure enough, he transferred, and there we go. That, that's a friend of mine that, you know, probably won't be as close with in the future. But I've been lucky enough, due to football, I've got relationships like me and my friend Durham, who is the most genuine person I've ever met, cares about me more than any other friend I've ever had. And like I said, I love Tyson to death. I love Dawson to death. I don't know that I will ever have as much fun doing 
absolutely nothing with anyone else ever again that you know but it was also like this deal of us having three people who clicked super well and we had this kind of fun toxic relationship where all three of us just made fun of the other one Um, at times it was a little bit rough and probably wasn't the best thing for us to be doing but it was a good time um Sorry, I say um a lot. I'll get better at it. It's only the third episode, guys. Don't be so judgy. Come on now. We almost did it again. That's my bad. We always had a good time, though. Had a good time together, just the three of us. And sometimes with Durfee, we had a good time. And I say sometimes with Durfee because he didn't... Durfee was my best friend in eighth grade. Something that none of them know... I don't think any of them know is that Tyson, well, actually, I think James Jones is my best friend in fifth grade, but Tyson was probably second place. And Tyson was originally in this, in my three man group was James Jones. I shouldn't be saying names. Gosh, dang it. Tyson Hogan and me. And James is my best friend. Man, me and James are such good friends. I forget what actually happened, but we just quit hanging out as much. Maybe he, I know, I think he switched schools at some point or something, but he was also harder to hang out with. Then, as I transitioned from being best friends with James, Tyson became my best friend probably in sixth grade, and Dawson kind of hopped on board, and then it became that kind of package deal. The three of us were all best friends. Then eighth grade, I, I'd i known about him, but never really knew him. Me and Peyton Durfee started playing on the same football team together. And I just felt a real connection and closeness to my buddy Durf. And he was definitely my best friend in eighth grade and probably through part of ninth. And I don't think, because no one's telling their best friend who their favorite one is, you know, no one does that. But during 8th and part of ninth grade, Durfee was probably my best friend. And then, you know, I'm not really sure what happened, but I think we kind of had a little bit of a natural drift. And it's happened to us a couple of times, but we're on good terms. Durfee, you might be listening to this. I love you, dude. You'll always be one of my closest friends. You always have. You're one of the people who has influenced me a lot. I love you to death, dude. I love your dad to death. We've just had some great memories. And... You know, I, anyone who's been my best friend for a while, I always remember fondly. But we've always had a special connection. I think we just, uh, I think we're both just a little bit retarded is the problem. But we fixed that now for the most part. <laughs> Hopefully, anyways. I think what the real problem is is I have an extra chromosome and he's missing a chromosome, and we just causes us to butt heads, really. <laughs> but. You know, people come and go. I was lucky enough to have the same core group, which made things a lot easier. And then once I got into college, I had football, which was an immediate way to make friends. And then I joined a fraternity, immediate way to make friends. And I have a lot of my fraternity brothers I'm very close with. I will remember all of them always. But my own pledge class have obviously set themselves apart because they're my peers more so than the other ones. I went through the whole pledge process with them and we've just grown, man, I can't speak. It's too late at night to be doing this. I guess it's only 10 PM. Dude, I'm such an old man. 
Heck, you work construction eight hours a day, you'll start being an old man too. You ain't had a carb in an eternity. I tell you what, man, it gets rough. Starts to wear on a brother's soul. But I say but too much too. Probably need to start putting some punctuation behind these dang sentences instead of just running them on. I, my pledge class though, been great for me to just have some really quality good friends. And I've been going on and on about this. And I'm sure it's been multiple different stories, but it's all tying together. Is just looking through the Snapchat. I saw it and I thought to myself, man, I don't remember talking to half of these people. And yet apparently I was Snapchatting them. There are people I, I'd flirted with for like a second. People I'd actually been a thing with that I just hadn't even crossed my mind in ages. And, man, the key is, is if these people don't want to be in your life, you just can't give them headspace. I mean, unless they're paying rent, man, I know we're trying to ban landlords or something, but you got to be landlord over your own mind. Man, if people want space inside your head, they got to pay for it. And I tell you what, man, if you aren't in my top friends list, if you aren't one of my wonderful coaches, one of my wonderful pledge brothers, one of my wonderful teammates, man, you just aren't paying enough to have any space in my gosh darn head. I tell you what, man, you know, my mom talks to me a lot of times about people being like a bank account. I also have heard this from other people. She always talks about her family as like a, a bank account. And people make withdrawals and deposits in your life. And you will meet way more people who just come and withdraw and withdraw and withdraw and never deposit. My mom always says quarters. There's so many, so many friends who are your best friend as long as you offer something to them. Even little stuff like, I'm sure you've had that friend that always comes to you when they need something, even if it's just to talk. But they're not there for you whenever you have to talk, you know? Here they are dampening your mood to talk to you about something. They're, they're withdrawing from you, but they're never depositing anything back. And it leaves you empty. You've got to cut those people out of your life. It just isn't worth it. Find people who, if anything, deposit more than they withdraw. Or at least it's even. But my buddy Durham is 100% the best. Sometimes I don't know how he puts up with me. Because I'm such a sarcastic, teasing, pick-on kind of guy. My mom hates it too. But I don't know how he puts up with me. I love the dude to death. He's a real sweetheart. If I was gay, I'd probably try to marry him. Even though he's kind of ugly. But wonderful personality someone ought to marry him preferably of the female gender but sometimes i wonder about him anyhow <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's just he deposits into my life more than anyone outside my family does and i'm not sure i deposit into his as much as he does into mine which is rare let me tell you but I've I've just I've been lucky enough to have people who make a lot of deposits 
And everyone's going to make withdrawals. I make withdrawals out of everybody. The key is you're just depositing it back, you know? If I'm constantly asking Durham for this, I can't be like, what, you want me to do that for you? Heck no, I'm too busy for that. It's just, you got, it can't be like the trade deal with China. The, the, the Chinese, they're corrupt. You can't have that kind of deal, man. So that's my awful Donald Trump impression, but it's like, it's like that. You know, you you can't have that imbalance. Otherwise, you'd just be walking around feeling empty. It's important that that you just keep the right people in your life. Now, you might find it sad, but I think it's really interesting. If you just go into your Snapchat, at least those of you who've had Snapchat for a long time, and scroll all the way down to the bottom. Now, you don't know how Snapchat is. Sometimes it's, it's dumb and it takes a while to load. Scroll all the way down, wait for that thing to load, scroll down again, look at it. And honestly, sometimes it makes you feel weird. Like, man, sometimes I was so cringy talking to girls back in the day. And I think I'm pretty good now, but... Here in four years, I'll probably look back at it and be like, dang, DJ, you really said that to her? You're such an idiot. And that's how it is, man. You learn from your experiences. But sometimes it's nice to remind yourself how far you've come and how maybe it's a bit of a flex. You say, man, that person left my life. And at the time, I thought, man, this is such a tragedy. But really, I'm doing better without him. And that's how it is, man. Anytime someone wants to leave your life, just go ahead and flex on them haters. Go kill them with success, man. Nothing hurts someone who dislikes you more than success. Yeah, there's nothing worse than someone you don't like <laughs> doing better than you. And for that, you know, on that topic, just don't hate people. Because it takes nothing from them and everything from you. Like I sometimes I get so worked up even over just politics on social media. And I have to remind myself, man, why am I working myself up about this? They're not gonna care. All I'm doing is taking away from my life. But I'm also thinking it's time to do a bit of a social media purge and just get rid of probably Instagram and Twitter. It'd probably be healthy, to be honest. Just get rid of it. Try and join life a little bit more. Maybe spend some more time with my family every now and then. You know, and I just think social media can be so toxic. But I'm not one of those people who posts a ton. Lately, I've been posting a little bit about politics on my social media. But only whenever I feel like I see something really dumb... And listen, there are dumb people on both sides, trust me. I'm around dumb people politically all the time on both sides. I see the dumbest stuff ever from the left on social media sometimes. I see a lot of great points, too. You know, someone who whose beliefs contradict mine a whole lot is Andrew Yang, presidential candidate. However... I've watched like two, three-hour podcasts with him in it, and I really enjoy listening to the man talk. I, listen, I enjoy listening to what he has to say. He's well-educated, 
And he has reasons for why he believes these things. And then some people, I feel like, just have this hive mind. It's just as crazy with the right, dude. I, I see people all the time who just, like, the whole mask thing. Listen, I don't wear a mask when I go out because I'm relatively healthy. I'm pretty young. I'm dumb. I feel immortal. Not really. But, you know, that's kind of my reason for it. I'm aware I could give it to other people. But it's not required in my state. So, like... I I mean if if I've I've been into several businesses that do require them, I put on a mask. I don't like it either. It tickles my beard hairs. Most of them are too small to fit my fat head. You know that's kind of annoying. I don't enjoy that. But that's not what's important. What's important is just following the rules, man. It's not that big of a deal. I see people on the right. Talking about, it's my constitutional right. I'm like, gosh dang it. What amendment are you seeing that says right to bear mask? Or right not to bear mask for that matter? I, I haven't seen it. I mean, I'm, I'm no politician. I am no lawyer. But I have not heard of that amendment. And I paid pretty good attention in history class, alright? I just don't understand the big deal. If Walmart says wear a mask, wear a dang mask. Quit throwing a fit about it. Quit throwing a tantrum. Alright? It's just not that big of a deal. The problem is there's too many crazy people who feel so strongly about what they believe but aren't willing to research it on their own or they're just... Even then, it's hard to research, too. I can't even blame people, really. Because there's so many news organizations that are so biased. I mean, I'd say the only really right-side media is Fox, I believe. And Fox is awful. It's terrible. It's so far right. You can never get a, get anything of value on Fox except for stuff to post on your Twitter to make liberals mad. But all the other news organizations are very left-leaning, which isn't any better. So, I mean, they're not as crazy as Fox most of the time, but they're big on headlines and making a story more so to support their agenda, you know. And obviously that's mostly my opinion. I'm You can't really prove that 100%. You can't prove someone's motives, but that's what it comes across as a lot of the time. And... You know, it's just weird because there's not really any southern people in the media. You know, we're kind of in our own little country down here, basically. Our culture's different. We talk different. We believe different from most people. You know, I, I feel we got the Bible Belt, man. Everyone down here is Baptist. Everyone down here, for the most part, is Republican. We eat good food. Heck yeah, man. Life is a bit simpler, a bit more about having fun than some other places. You know, I feel like some of the bigger cities, it's all uptight and all... I mean, you go to places like Los Angeles, man, people are so worried about everything, man. They're stiff and they're kind of fake. And, you know, now there's some big cities I've been to and really like. I think it'd be really cool to visit again. 
Um, but, man, you just can't beat it down here where everybody's fat. <laughs> Not everybody, but people aren't as worried about what they look like. They're just more worried about enjoying life. Um, so that, that's a good time. I don't even know how I got on this topic, man. This has been a lot less. I usually have stuff in my notes, but mostly I just want to get my thoughts out. I don't have a lot of my notes. Not really a whole lot happened. I just had some stuff on my mind I wanted to talk about. I'm not sure how enjoyable that's going to be for you guys. Definitely not one of the funnier podcasts, but I just wanted to talk. And I hope y'all did enjoy it. I hope I didn't come across as too much trying to be deep or too preachy. But I hope y'all enjoyed. Um, if y'all have even listened this far, I really do appreciate it. And I've got a little over 20 uh, listens to both podcasts, which is kind of awesome. I really enjoyed that. Enjoy having y'all here. I think I might make a Twitter account for the podcast. Try to get a little bit of shameless self-promoting out there. Get a couple more listens, man. Hopefully get... I just want like a decent size, you know, group of core listeners. That's all I'm really asking for. I don't ever want to be famous. Famous... I mean, heck, I wouldn't mind being rich. But I think almost every famous person would love to just be rich and not be famous. Fame is not... Not a good thing, man. It probably has its perks, but it probably gets real tiring real fast. But yeah, I think I'm going to end it here, guys. I got to get up early, get up for work. But, man, I hope you had a good last week, and I hope you have a good coming up week. Hopefully I get back recording on a Saturday or Sunday this week. It's coming up weekend. Um, Man, wish me luck on this cheat day on Wednesday, man. Uh probably gonna go buck wild but you never know sometimes once you go buck wild and you put all the weight back on in a day you lost in a month that's just how that's not how everybody's body is that's how mine is my body hates me sometimes i'll just be like driving and i'll look over no there's a Krispy Kreme donut right and i can feel my man boobs grow right then right there that's all it takes i looked over and saw a Krispy Kreme logo. There we go. You just gained half an inch diameter of man breast. That's just not cool, man. That's not fair. <laughs> but, man, good night, y'all. I hope y'all had a good time. I hope you're still listening. I hope there was something of value to be taken away from here. Maybe a couple laughs. Something to get your mind off things. Maybe... You know, maybe God is working in the ways that he does mysteriously. And someone who needs to hear this, heard this, and they've, they've got someone who just left their life and they're feeling like, man, life is over without this person. Man, it might make you more sad for a minute. Go scroll through your Snapchat and see all the other people who've left your life. And tell me, has life really been that miserable? Have you had your ups? I'm sure you had, and everyone has their downs. But man, downs are what makes the ups feel so good. And I swear to you, some people are only brought into your life to give you a down or to teach you a lesson, you know? Something to prepare you for the the next person who enters your life. So, and I remember just one last thing before I 
hop off of here. I only got 60 minutes to record and then I run out on anchor. But man, I went through a breakup and someone I'm still real close with. But I just discovered this music artist and they kind of had some breakup themed music. And it was like right as this whole thing happened. And now that music still makes me kind of sad. But, you know, music is a powerful thing. And it really helped me get through that. Now I'm sure that might sound dumb to some of y'all. I mean, oh my gosh, you're not that old. It's like you're going to get married. You know, maybe you're right. But at the time, it felt like the end of the world, right? Like they always do. So sure enough, I, uh, that that music really helped me get through a tough time. I was real sad. And I had a lot going on, to be honest. A lot of fighting with friends that hadn't really happened before. And it was real important that I found that music. And, you know, it caught weird coincidence, whatever it was. You know, maybe someone coincidentally stumbles upon this podcast. And you just lost someone. You know, someone just left left you behind man they said they they didn't want to be your friend anymore they don't want to date you anymore man just know that you're great and you have worth and value on your own and your worth isn't determined by the people around you or how many friends you have you know keep that in mind go take a look at all the people who you've left in the dust you've gone your own path and People are there to help give you a little nudge this way, give you a little nudge that way, you know, help you along the path. But it's your it's your path, man. You're a trail blazer. You're making your own trail. You're following it. And people come to help you through it or slow you down. But either way, you just keep on with that track, man. Again, not trying to be too deep, but man it's hard to not be deep i'm real i'm real thinker when i get to laying in bed all by myself at night turn off the lights at like seven i knew it was over right then laid down and that was it my mind just got started something about the lights man the lights are on i'm might as well be brain dead nothing's really going on up there except for like dumb stuff man i sometimes have some of the most dumb thoughts you would have ever heard (laughs) but when I turn the lights off I just get to thinking about stuff (sighs) dang excuse me y'all man but again thank y'all for listening y'all have a good rest of your week and hopefully I'll talk to you again this weekend